0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. And we're back together for the second time in just a couple hours because uh, it's it's an, it's emergency podcast season. The listeners were asking for it. News broke. Mike Leach is going to be going to Mississippi State to become the Bulldogs' next head coach. And the the listeners were like, all right, guys. So here we go. It's time time to step up. So here we are in the uh, emergency pod studio, Barton, Tom, gentlemen. Good to talk to you again. The, I guess I guess I want to, like, uh, there's a joyous way to go about moving forward and imagining, you know, what's going to happen. There's a joyless, very plain, uh, call it as it is analysis of this, and I, I'm down to go either way. Well, how how are we feeling? Instant reaction to Mike Leach at Mississippi State.
2: Well, look. I think that. Um, Do you get my nat-
0: joyful, enjoy, enjoy less re- takes yeah, to this? Well,
2: I, I think the the natural response by by most people is joyful. You know. Right. All right, all right here come the sound bites. Here come all the. Here come the Mike Leaf sound bites and and the the air raid, and so that's going to be an approach. So have at it. Go for the joyful
0: i mean the egg bowl is going to be lane kiffin and mike leach thanksgiving night is booked for the next three to four years like i just that is going to be awesome i mean and you know the the dog urination of this year i mean this this has set wild things in motion to bring us to a new egg bowl universe uh
1: yeah yeah, i (laughs) i think barton and i kind of feel similar about this just based on (laughs) your reaction there though I, I think that, I mean, considering when the Moorhead decision came, how late in the game it came, and how things started with like the potential candidates that were being named for this job, and then... You know, like Joe Judge was somebody like, you know, they had like, you know, an alum, like the chosen one coming back home possibly, even though he's an under-the-radar candidate and he ends up getting the New York Giants job. And you just look at the other, like the names that were on the list, like, you know, a Steve Sarkeesian or Todd Grantham, that nothing that was like super exciting, but the kind of stuff you would expect to happen with a coaching search at this stage of the game. So to end up with Mike Leach, a coach, you know, an established head coach, who's won at Power 5 programs and is a sitting head coach at a Power 5 program, to be able to pull that seems awesome on that level. I think that this clearly, as far as a name recognition or a brand recognition kind of deal, this is a tremendous upgrade for Mississippi State as far as going from Moorhead to Leach. It's just, Moorhead was a bad cultural fit, correct? We all agree there? Yes. Are Are we sure that Mike Leach is any better of a cultural fit for Mississippi State? Not at all. Because, yeah, I mean, I know he's coached at Kentucky. I know he coached at Valdosta State in Georgia. It's not so much the region. It's just if you look at Leach's history, like in a way, Starkville, like Pullman, like Lubbock, small rural towns, kind of isolated. But there is no isolated job in the sec where the spotlight will not be on you there's going to be a very bright spotlight on mike leach that hasn't been on him before and it could very quickly go from cute little funny anecdotes to this what what is this guy's deal in a hurry but even besides that stuff my biggest concern with mike leach is if you look at his stops in texas tech and washington state he's never exactly been what anybody would consider a dogged recruiter And I don't know how his approach is going to work in the SEC West, where you look at all the coaches that he's surrounded by. These are all dudes that are recruiting. These are all guys that are getting talent. And I don't know if Mike Leach could take that same kind of laid back approach to recruiting and getting talent for Mississippi State if the Bulldogs are really going to compete. And then just as far as the job itself, considering Joe Moorhead just got fired after two seasons, I tweeted the stat. This year, I mean, since Leach came to Wazoo, they have led the nation in passing rate every single year. Yeah. Only one of those times was it even below 70%. Mississippi State passed the ball 39.2% of the time last year. Well, So there is going to be a clear adjustment. So will he get the time to do it?
0: Uh, I don't know. How, I mean, Barton. Do you want to elaborate?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel I, I feel bad, like ju- like jumping in the negative end of the pool here, um, because this should be a joyous occasion. Like, like I want to first.
0: I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to do it because my uh, right out the gate on CBS Sports HQ, I was like, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's I, it's Joe Moorhead with experience. You know, like it's whatever. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, like. Look, there, there's – the 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 positive spin on it is all like very real. Like like Tom said, I mean this is – we got a – we're Mississippi State. We just got a, a power five sitting head coach. We got someone that – with with a ton of name recognition. We got someone that we know can score points. We got someone that has done it consistently um, over the course of his career at a level that very few have. Um, this is great. This is great. And it's, it's probably an upgrade from Joe Moorhead. Um but I, I, I the the reality because like because all you're gonna hear for the most part is national media types talk about how great this hire is and maybe it is a great hire. but in addition to all the things Tom just said, which I, I agree with our concerns, including the 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 recruiting, aspect of this there there's there's two other things i think that are important too uh one is he just got done losing seven straight apple cups seven straight and he's shrugging it off with uh well what do you expect washington recruits better players than us you guys see those recruiting rankings every year they're ranked tired. i figured you know, you think those rankings make so much sense. So why, why are you surprised they're beating us? Man, good luck with that explanation if you lose the Egg Bowl even once. Um, that's not going to cut it. So, you got You got Lane Kiffin next door who's going to be recruiting
0: Oh my gosh.
2: full speed. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Leach is going to kind of, you know, hey, maybe we're going to see a new side of him but recruiting has not been his thing to this point. And, If he's getting out recruited and then beaten in the egg bowl, there's no excuse is going to be satisfactory there. So there's that. There's also just the look. Pullman was even Pullman. Like he he was getting snippy with reporters in Pullman at the end of it here. And I mean, clearly he wanted out. Like he tried to get a Tennessee job two years ago, and um, and and he. So maybe things were just running their course there a little bit. But once again, lose a few games to Ole Miss and see what the media response is like in freaking Starkville. And then I think the the final concern I have is, yeah, yes, he has been successful at Texas Tech and at Washington State. And I don't want to take that away from him, but he's doing it beating primarily non-top-25 teams like welcome to the show now <laughs> you are in the sec west saying the pac-12 north and i think that's why he wants the job i think that's why he's one of the sec is because people like me can't say this anymore if he wins in the sec west and so i'm fascinated i'm excited i'm glad this is happening this is going to be fun and i think and we're going to learn one way or the o- another how good this guy is um because right now he's just been make the most of of bad situations and uh, and he's really good at that but this is this is this is different this is just a different deal than that
0: do you think uh, Mike Leach has an expiration date and basically at Texas Tech and Washington State he hit yes. it
1: yeah and i i wonder if in the fishbowl that is the SEC if that expiration date won't be His half-life, <laughs> yes.
0: Because <laughs> I mean
1: what he was? How long was he at Texas? He was ten eight years. seasons at Wazoo. It was he eight. Was ten in, years at?
0: Yeah. And that's the other thing is like this guy has been a head coach at the Power Five level for 18 seasons with a couple years between the two stints. We know exactly what he is. Everyone knows what's coming. He's gonna have like one of his quarterbacks gonna be in the top five every single year, no matter who it is, like Gardner Minshew, Anthony Gordon, doesn't matter. They're gonna have one of the top passing offenses in the country. Uh they're gonna lure a couple of teams a year into a, a just a bat you know what kind of game where it's just is' gonna turn into a ping pong game and it's just you're stuck in the leech zone. And then he's gonna, you know, threaten one good team a year. But I mean, like you said, Barton. If, if he can't get it done in the rivalry game at Washington State, then man, that's he's got to find some new life in Starkville.
2: And the uh, reason that he couldn't get it done, and, and like, look, let's be honest. Like, it's tough if you're Washington State to beat Washington. But also, the reason that you can't beat Washington consistently is because Washington recruits better players. So, you know, you is... is Lane Kiffin is going to recruit better than Mike Leach. Uh, yeah, that's that is the expectation, anyways. And so, are you going to beat Ole Miss without as good of players as as Lane Kiffin has? I don't know. Consistently, you, that's you, you're supposed to consistently. That's that's how they they judge you in Starkville.
1: Also, another thing to consider too is like, let's look at the defensive minds that he'll be going up against in the SEC West. And now let's think back to what Jimmy Lake said after last year's Apple Cup, where he basically came out and just straight up said without fear, because he do, he just said, it's easy. He keeps running the same plays every single year. We don't have to adjust anything. We know what's coming.
0: I saw somebody say thoughts and prayers to Jimmy Lake for having to prepare for the Apple Cup now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So it's like, if you take that and now you're in the SEC West, against these defenses and these coaches i mean i i just don't know i i think that it depends if mississippi state can be content having those kind of you know like a you know seven and six seven and six six and seven and maybe once in a while getting up to eight nine or ten wins then this could work out really well it, it keeps you it keeps you interesting it keeps you relevant but if if they want more, I think it's pretty clear that this isn't really the hire that's going to be able to do it for them.
2: It, it, this is a, this is an experiment that I'm glad someone is embarking. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm, I am pleased this is happening. I am as purveyors of
0: content. This will be an endless content stream.
2: Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm hopeful for Mississippi state's sake that it, it, this works. Like I gotta, I, I hate, you know, I, I always kind of, but ultimately every hire is sort of great on its surface. And so you have to f- try to figure out which ones might not actually be as good as they look. And so if you but if you really dig on this, this I feel like this has potential to be one that's not as good. Um, but good hey, good AD, for Mike
0: Leach though. Great move for good, him.
2: Good for mm-hmm. Mike Leach. Um, the Mississippi State A D is it James Cohen? Jay uh, Cohen. Jay Cohen. Come, yeah, you know, he can't come home like a conquering hero with Mike Leach here, and and so that's cool. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to throw cold water on this. Um,
1: or John you know, Cohen, I'm sorry,
2: John John Cohen. Sorry, um, he comes home like a conquering hero here, and and that's all well and good, but I, I just I don't think like just because like Mike Leach is such a brand. That doesn't necessarily mean this is a home run hire. I think that that is to be determined. And I will, just like everyone else, have a lot of fun as we determine whether or not this is a good hire.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's, I think a lot of the reaction is going to be, although, I mean, again, it's often the case when we see it, like you were saying, where a lot of the reaction to this is going to be ignoring the clear and obvious concerns. <laughs> because it's more fun to just be like, woo, swing your sword. Mike Leach coming to the SEC. And again, like you said, this this could work out great for Mississippi State. He could come. He might be able to revitalize the program. He might take it to places it hadn't been even under Mullen. It's just I don't think that is a likely outcome. I think this is probably going to be, you know, fourth, third place is what you're shooting for in the division.
0: I don't like the way that he ended, you know, uh, this was the year, of course, that started with the their fat, lazy, and stupid sitting around in their apartment, thinking about how good they are. This is uh, a six and <gasps> a six and six season that ended in a bowl loss to Air Force. I feel like Mike Leach's stock wasn't real high right now. No, but woo! Swing your sword. I guess that all gets overlooked. So, Mike Leach. Good job, man. You got a great opportunity ahead of you, Tom. You said third or fourth in div- in the division is a-, a place to shoot for. Yeah, that is really how it me- how it's measured, isn't it? Like they don't even get the like talking about top twenty five doesn't really matter because they got a they got to beat Ole Miss and they got to finish ahead of Arkansas and they've got to somehow like they they've got to be on the level with Texas A and M, right? Hmm.
2: I I think. In a way, I, I think that Arkansas would have been a better hire. Mike least to Arkansas would have made more sense to me, because at Arkansas there isn't a there isn't that one rival. There isn't that one team you're mm. comparing yourself against, and and that way you can sort of go in these little you know you can. Dip up and down, and as long as you get an eight, eight or nine win year you, every once in a while, then it doesn't really matter if you get to down, drop down to a four win season here, or there. Uh, you know, it, you can have these sort of ups and downs because there's no distinct contrast you're you're up against. But if if Ole Miss cycles up as Wash as Mississippi State stagnates at any point, then I just don't think Mike Leach is built to, to just so head-to-head with with another program. I just don't think that's – because ultimately that's going to come down to recruiting. And I don't think he's got the recruiting gene, but we'll see. Hmm. Coming up on the
0: other side, what to expect from what Washington State does next and a few other headlines from around college football next Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: CBS Wednesday.
0: We have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor
1: Swift fan. I'm the queen of the
2: tribe. I am a survivor. I am playing whatever role I got to play.
1: I'm going to play this game for speed.
2: I ain't going down like no punk. <laughs> A new survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.
0: Okay. Uh, I got hit with the where, where Washington State goes next. And boy, I, my mind hadn't gotten there yet. I was, uh, I was like, I was like, look, here's what I would do. I would start with people who understand the Pullman community or the Pacific Northwest because it is such a unique place. And then number two, I would maybe look at offensive-minded coaches because the roster is built for an ARAID, so at least you could kind of keep things going.
2: Well, I think Alex Grinch makes some sense
0: from you being the former defensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, current o- Oklahoma DC was the D coordinator at. Under Mike Leach was sort of the first D coordinator he's ever had, almost the first D coordinator ever. Period that put together really good defenses opposite a pure air raid system, and you know he has a great reputation. He could go back there. I think that would that's one that makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, that that to me that's that's option option A, option one A.
0: If you're Washington State, probably. Like, you're not going Steve Sarkeesian?
1: No. No. I mean, that would be weird.
0: I mean, he, <laughs> he knows the apple cup. Yeah. That'd but, be the final, like, rewriting your own history. Well, oh, man, those Washington days, I've, I've put them behind me.
1: I just, I don't <laughs> think that's, that would be kind of strange, I think, for Washington State to be like, let's go for the guy who even Washington wasn't all that happy with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could, like that's that's the thing that, that haunts Sark is the place that was his launching point program, um, not the place where it went wrong, which was at USC, but the place that launched him to USC. People that follow that program closely don't even like remember him fondly as a coach. Like they, uh, he's not highly regarded as a coach there. So that, that is a little bit of a red flag to me of, of him, his kind of higher ability. So who? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, I think, yeah. I think Grinch is, is a, is a very realistic candidate. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Is, is Graham Harrell an option? Is he too young? I mean, that's that's the next air, that's the next air raid guru.
1: Pat Z A D, correct? FAU, yes. Ohio State mm-hmm. ties. So, who's at Ohio State with connections at Ohio State? You know, besides Urban Meyer, obviously.
2: Uh, Kevin Wilson.
1: Well, I mean, maybe. wasn't
2: also Alex?
1: Would, yeah, Kevin Wilson's at Ilo. I don't know if it that'd be. Well, I guess Washington State would be the good kind of place for Wilson, seeing as how and why the Indiana tenure ended. Maybe you can get away. I mean, hell, DJ Durkin's getting jobs, right?
0: Yeah. Um, so Alex Grinch did one year at Ohio State, and he's been at Oklahoma for one year?
2: Correct. Uh, that's – is it one year? Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. One one and done, one and done, one and head coach. Be quite a rise for uh, for Alex Grinch.
2: Yeah, I mean – yeah, but I mean he was – yeah, was DC, he was D.C. at Washington State, and he was D.C. at Ohio State. He was, well, he was really – like he was – that wasn't even really his show. It was Shiano's show. So he was like a co-D.C. to Shiano. It's like an underling to Shiano. So it was really just a let me get out of here, get my name up, and then uh, now he's got a year where they really showed a lot of improvement at Oklahoma defense. This wins one year. Mm. So I don't
0: um, yeah, I've, i I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see as Washington state begins to, uh, to move forward. There was, uh, at least one other story from around college football that I know that we wanted to, uh, to get to at some point and the, the, the circumstances began with five, former five-star offensive lineman, Cade Mays, adding his name to the transfer portal. Now, after shortly after he, his name was added to the transfer portal, a story broke that Barton, I first got light of on 24 seven sports, which was a lawsuit from Cade Mays's father, Kevin against both the university of Georgia and a chair company. I believe it was called mighty light, but these are, uh, they make chairs among the different types of chairs, folding chairs. And that's important because in December, 2017, when then recruit Cade Mays was at a recruiting dinner the club level inside of Sanford Stadium in Athens, Cade Maze's father, Kevin, according to court documents, tried to stand up, at which point his finger got stuck and was severed. The finger, or reportedly, according to the court documents, the finger went across the room and offensive line coach Sam Pittman, now the head coach at Arkansas, picked up. The piece of the finger and it <laughs> yes was put <laughs> it was put on ice. Um,
2: the whole lineman always doing the dirty work, always
0: doing the dirty work. He was taken to the hospital, and while he was treated at the hospital in Athens, sadly, the finger was not able to be reattached. So Cade Mays's father is suing the chair company and the University of Georgia. Nuts.
1: And let's let's not forget this part is his son ended up committing to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. And did you did you did did you say that he's that this, his son is in the transfer portal right now? Yeah, I said that's what yeah. that's what started this yeah.
0: whole like my yeah. awareness of this story started with Cade Mays's name is in the transfer portal.
2: Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots lots lot lots to bite off there. Um, <laughs> I, no part of- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean the uh, details of the court doc. Okay, and so developments since then. Uh, while we're just sort of like get before we start sorting through this, include a statement from the University of Georgia that seemed they they seemed to they seemed displeased that they were getting contacted for comment on this. They they tried to play the like well we didn't leak the story. This was ongoing litigation. We we have no comment. I believe that was the the nature of it, but, uh, I don't, I don't think we've got any, any further developments beyond
2: that. When Tom Mars, who is the sort of high profile attorney that's, that's represented a bunch of players in their attempts to get eligible is representing Cade Mays. And he was, he, he's been made some public statements to the effect of this is a really, this is really low for by Georgia to release this. And, um, They've, they've stooped to new lows and so he's going he's going hard at the at the Georgia program for this um, but I, I don't even know like I mean he's this happened two years ago is the thing so it's not like this is I don't even know where all this stuff how this stuff all is tied together and where the transfer comes into this and whether this is supposed to be related to the appeal or or what. Um, Oh, I had not even thought that
0: there might be a play where the lawsuit is used as a reason for him to be immediately eligible. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, boo. I don't like – man, that's way less entertaining. I liked the idea that uh, his dad was just waiting to sue the moment that he left, either via transfer or the NFL that this thing was coming down the next day.
2: I don't see. I don't even, I don't know. I don't know. Like the, because Tom Mars is, is basically contending that Georgia released the lawsuit. Like maybe they're unrelated. Well, they're, they're court documents, right? To to sort of muddy the waters a little bit for whatever Cade Mays Appeal is to get eligible immediately. Um, so I, who knows? All I know is K. Mays is probably – Tom Mars sounded very confident that he will be eligible next year, and he's got a pretty good track record of when he's confident guys will be eligible. They're typically eligible. And from a football side of it, you're talking about a starting offensive linemen for Georgia, one of the best offensive lines in the country, essentially – an interdivisional trade, not trade, but just defection, uh, where he'll be a starting offensive lineman next year for Tennessee, more than likely, with their two true sophomore, former five stars, their Trey Smith, their returning NFL draft pick, who just announced today he's coming back, and what, I guess Brandon Kennedy at center. Like All of a sudden, this this horrible Tennessee offensive line suddenly like are they one of the best offensive lines in the SEC like I don't know
0: so has he committed to Tennessee already
2: no I, I haven't seen that but that's the assumption I guess um, Wow. It, his, yeah. his, his dad went there they're from East Tennessee his brothers Cooper Mays is a is a gonna be a true freshman at Tennessee uh, I don't know whether that's just the assumption or whether that is in fact sort of been there's been actual indications of that but I I think it's a it's a safe assumption to make.
0: I mean, the I can't get over the detail from the court documents that Sam Pittman was the one who picked up the finger.
2: <laughs> no, it's a nice visual.
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
2: Hey, Sam, do you have the I, finger?
0: Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, just
2: p- picturing Sam Pittman just watching like a – like a severed pinky skipping around the floor <laughs> as he just sort of like oh, scatters to try to grab- <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> No, uh the thing is as an offensive line coach, I don't think that's the first time he's probably had to uh, pick yeah, up he's a severed finger
2: severed, severed <laughs> digits before.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's very very familiar with what needed <laughs> to be done. Hey, I need a I need a 3 by 4 cooler. You get it halfway filled with ice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need five gauge thread i need
0: <laughs> yeah 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 uh okay i i i feel much better laughing about the details now that i am uh now that i'm informed that it, it's become all parts of a pr mess because pr messes deserve to get laughed at that's that's not a wow so all right so from the football standpoint this, this indicates now you're losing three to the NFL, potentially another to transfer. You've got Jake Fromm gone. The football side of this is that Georgia has uh, a whole lot of like just – like the, the potential for going anywhere with this offense. As, as the season finished with a lot of commentary and chatter around the Bulldogs' offense and ability to put points on the board – now you've got this sort of reboot moment, right? Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. And they so they've they're losing three, four, four
1: starters. Four starters on the OL, I believe. Yeah,
2: four starters on the OL line, now. um, and a quarterback. And mm-hmm. look the def- the defense will and DeAndre Swift did he announce? Mm-hmm. He did. He gone. Um. So. Look, the defense is probably going to be even better. Uh, It was already really good, and they're probably going to be only better next year. But offensively, like... uh, I mean, it's Like, you could try to just hammer
0: Zeus at defenses, but I don't think the offensive line is good enough to count on that to be successful.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure it'll still be a good offensive line. Like, that's, you know... But this was... This was one. This was maybe the best. This was one that was probably a top three offensive line, top five at the least.
1: Yeah, like I, I feel like Georgia's recruited well enough at that position. Where he, clearly you don't want to lose, you know, 80 percent of your line of a great offensive line, and then have to replace all those guys the next year. So, but I think that that's not a huge concern to me, just because I think that they're talented enough and they're good enough, and I think Matt Luke's a good enough offensive line coach that maybe while they get off to a slower start, that unit will probably be just fine going into the season to me the bigger concern is who's going to be Georgia's quarterback next year
2: yeah so the yeah and there that's a whole different conversation Jet Duffy is an option from Texas Tech obviously there's De- Derek King out there Jamie Newman is probably the best option out there um, the kid from BC as well is an option, but I I mean I'd say unless you're getting Jamie Newman you're I mean, Jamie Newman's an NFL quarterback. The other guys are are potential NFL quarterbacks. Are practice squad guys to start at best. Um, so there's nothing like there's nothing out there that's just unless unless they revamp their offense to for a Derek King. There's nothing out there that's just a a, a plug and play easy fix. This is gonna be really interesting. This is gonna be a really interesting test for Chris.
1: Yeah, the SEC East is looking a lot, it's it's gotten a lot more interesting in the last 72 hours heading into 2020.
0: The uh Jamie Newman had some interesting comments about not really wanting to be the RPO guy anymore. Did you see that?
2: No. He was so, so, so maybe he's looking for a Georgia type option, Right, so. yes.
0: That was that was the point. And that he uh it was a Bruce Feldman at the Athletic wrote a story uh, about Jamie Newman and Anthony Brown, the former Boston College quarterback. They are in Atlanta training together with a quarterback coach that has trained Justin Fields and uh, a few other quarterbacks recently. And the idea is for them to to work out and sort of go through the process of you know trying to decide where they're going to be. Some of them they are being recruited by some of the same schools, but some of the comments in that story from Newman include you know, I, obviously I was really productive with the RPO stuff, but I want to be able to go somewhere where I can uh, have more pro concepts. So that definitely means that if Georgia wants to stick to something pro style and Jamie Newman wants to prove to NFL teams that he's not just an RPO guy, then um, that could be something that works out for both.
2: Can can I just like this unsolicited advice to, High school players college players want to go to the NFL like look, I, this is just what I would tell my son like go where you're gonna be successful regardless of the system and then dare and then dare the NFL to pick you apart dare the NFL to to say well it's because of the system you'll, you'll take that right as opposed to going somewhere where you're not as successful but the but you got got a good experience and under center or whatever. And that's not meant to be like some guys are maybe Jamie Newman feels like he's a better fit in a Georgia type offense than he was in a pro style. Maybe he thinks he'll, he'll be more productive in that type of offense than he was in a RPO. Um, but I think like the idea of leaving some system that I'm wildly successful in for one where it looks more like an NFL scheme is that that strikes me as a bad idea. Just go where you go where you can put up big numbers, and then and then dare someone to say the numbers are are, are stilted. Mm. Uh,
1: like, I mean, could you argue like it just is? Did Jalen Hurts improve his draft position this year?
2: That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm not,
1: I I felt like going into the season like, oh, this makes so much sense for him. To improve. And then it's like he had a really good year numbers wise, but it's just, it's like if he'd have been, you know, if he'd have stayed at Alabama, clearly he wouldn't have played as much. But it's just, it's like I, I don't know if he's really improved his draft stock all that much by going to, you know, an offense that's led by, you know, the guy that all the NFL teams want to talk to.
0: So there is like, are, are we starting to poke holes in the idea of this, like, uh, Graduate transfer to boost the NFL stock. It's a business decision. We're treating it like a job, you know, graduate school, prep school, whatever you want to call it. Like just this sort of halfway step on the way to the NFL. Are we? No. See.
2: See. Here's my thing. Like, so I meant so with Jamie Newman, I don't get. Like, I don't wouldn't understand him saying, "Tally ho." to Wake Forest, I'm going to go to Georgia and learn these pro concepts and get me more prepared for the NFL. It would make a lot more sense for me just stay at Wake Forest and put up silly numbers in that system and then go to the NFL and learn. But on the flip side is, what I could very well see if I'm Jamie Newman is I'm at Wake Forest, what's the best we can do? Go be lambs of the slaughter to Clemson next year? Like, it sounds kind of fun to go... Somewhere where I can be a a replacement for an NFL starter and go compete for a national championship, that that I could get behind, that I could understand. Let's go to Georgia. I might not put as quite up the numbers I did at Wake because it's different scheme, different different system, different expectations, you know, different style. But I'm gonna be playing on the biggest stage, and my name because of the the stage I'll be playing on will be elevated and my draft stock will follow and that's probably I I mean
0: that's probably part of it like I don't want Jamie Newman to be misrepresented here I just thought it was an interesting quote for him to identify that at Wake Forest the offense was based on a lot of RPO principles and he kind of feels like he would he was looking for an opportunity to check another box these box checking transfers just trying to trying to get there. You know what it's like? It's like joining all the extra clubs in high school just to get your college uh, admission stuff looking good.
1: I I think going back to your question about like grad transferring and if it's not, you know, the smartest or I I think that it's just from what we've seen is that something maybe it's, it's no sure thing. Like it might seem good, but there are possible downsides. So it's like, don't just do it with the thought, well, I got to do this and it's going to work because like you might just be better where you are. Then you will. I mean, like if Gardner Minshew had transferred to Alabama, he's not in the NFL right now. But instead he ended up at Wazoo and now he's, you know, might be the starting quarterback of the Jaguars going to next season. So that's somebody you could say, hey, the grad transfer out worked really well for him.
0: Mm. Uh, Good stuff. Two podcasts in one day. Look at that.
1: I'm going to go back to sleep now.
0: Hey, (laughs) look at us. You know?
2: look at us look at us <laughs> hey look at us look at us Huh? who would have thought not me
0: <laughs> he is Barton Simmons you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons he is Tom Fernello you can follow him at Tom Fernello you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson gentlemen thank you so much for the emergency pod congratulations to Mike Leach on your new gig thank you very much
1: thank you